The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Good morning, everyone. Man, um, it's really a good day at The Springs. Uh, Do you see, we are so blessed to have an increasing number of shepherds. We're thankful for the ones, for for, for for Paul and Phil and their wives who have already been serving but we thank you, um, we thank God for an increased number of shepherds that can guide us and lead us. Um, and again, I would like to say, can we, can we give Celeste a round of applause because I wanna thank her <clears throat> for her leadership. It wasn't just leading the mission committee, but it was also during a great time of change at the Springs, from Quail Springs to the Springs, through setting up this endowment fund that we have for um, special missions projects. And really, she shepherded us through that, and it's been a blessing to be a part of it. Um, Okay, so, and also today is the first Sunday of Missions Month. And this is the month that we set aside to talk about how we do missions and to lead towards the last Sunday of the month, February 28th this year, uh, to, to collect our funds for the year for our missionaries. So... Um, we want to give you some information. I got some just some information that we got to get out, but also some inspiration. So I'm going to start today with the information part. You can see on the screen our missionaries. Uh, these amazing people are the, are the missionaries that we get to partner with. These, these guys are faithful and talented and creative even more so in a year like this when they're trying to reach, um, reach out to the communities that they live in with the kingdom of God. So you can see that's Brett and Kelly Shrek uh, in Kigali, Rwanda, and Jamie Boyles in Kigali, Rwanda. Uh, in the middle, Paul and Suzanne Whitmeyer at Crossing Crown in Oklahoma City. Paul and Carol Brazel in Antwerp, Belgium and Don and Cindy Rohrkassi in Hildesheim, Germany. You know, all of these missionaries have really special connections with the Springs. They have history with us, and these, these missionaries are the kind of people who stay long-term. They invest in their community, and they reach out to their community for the, for the gospel. So again, we are really blessed. If you're watching, we're thankful for you, missionaries. Okay, so again, our missions contribution is going to be on February 28th, and our goal this year is $115,000. Remember, so remember that date, and remember that this is the one missions contribution each year that we do. So all the money and the pledges that we collect on that date fund our missionary salaries for the whole year. So please be praying about... um, your giving and your pledging, and of course be praying for, the, praying for our missionaries. And kids, kids, you're part of this too. We have delivered to you the special missions jar, so I want you to go home and go through your couch cushions and go through your car floorboards and gather all the change from your mom and dad and bring it back on February 28th. And we want you too, kids, to be praying for our missionaries. We're so thankful that, I don't know if you saw the kids' corner, but the missionaries have sent special videos just for the kids for that time. 
Okay, so in addition to our regular missions budget, this, this special contribution that happens at the end of the month, the spring set up a missions endowment using a portion of our uh, sale of our building a few years ago to set up this endowment. So the interest that we earn on that endowment allows us to support additional special projects. So we wanna make sure that we have money to send our own members on GO projects, mission projects, here or other places. Um, maybe not this year, but in other years, we wanna use that money to send you guys, especially to our own mission sites, uh, but other places too. So keep that in mind. We, we wanna raise up missionaries from among us, just like these people that you saw earlier. So this year we have designated funds for these, these special works that you see on the board. Predizon Health Ministries on, in Honduras, which we've had a long relationship at the Springs, Heartland Church of Christ in Perry, Iowa, the Acro Center in Athens, Greece, Hiro and Megumi Akahoshi and Joel and Kristen Osborne in Mito, Japan, and Mitt and Maya Vikraman in Singapore, who served as a youth intern for us a few years ago. And by the way, Mitt will be teaching next Sunday's Bible class, so be sure to watch Bible class as well as worship. You can watch it at the live at the time streaming or you can watch the recording later. And this, if you'll go to the next slide, this is our missions team. Um, this is a fantastic group of people that we've been blessed to work with the last few years. And I tell you, these people all bring different gifts to the table and different passions for different parts of the world and they care deeply about supporting missions. So contact us anytime if you have questions about the missions budget or the endowment or how we do things or even just anything about the missionaries in general, the mission sites. All of this information is available on this brochure that you might have been handed out. We have the paper version and it was also sent to you electronically by email in our uh, Springs newsletter, the last Springs newsletter. Now, Missions Month is not just about this information. Um, I, I want to I encourage you again, though, to go back. If you, if you didn't get a chance to hear Celeste in Bible class this morning, because she went into much more detail about how all this worked with the budget and the missionaries. So please go back and watch that. It'll help you understand a lot of what we do. Um, but about the inspiration. Our missions month theme is grow your kingdom here. And we just sang about that. And so the sermons that you'll be hearing from me today and Brett and Ben and John Osborne, it'll be about God's kingdom and being part of his kingdom growth. As for my part today, <clears throat> I want to remind us why we support missionaries, what Jesus has done for us, and what it means to be part of his kingdom. You know, in summary, that means the good news of God's kingdom, the gospel. That's what I want to remind us of. I was 10 years old when my mom took me to see the first Star Wars movie, A New Hope. I had never seen anything like that movie, <clears throat> and I loved it. I collected all the Star Wars characters, and I had a land speeder, and I waited for the premiere of all the movies with my friends, and I'm kind of a lifelong Star Wars super fan. But there's a specific scene that I love in one of the newer movies. You know, it started in the middle with three movies and then went to the prequel and then went to the sequels and 
Now there's all kinds of spinoffs and whatever, but in episode seven, The Force Awakens, um, it's 30 years after the original movies, okay, in the, in the setting. And so in it, in this movie, we're introduced to these new young characters, um, especially these two named Ray and Finn. And they've never met Luke Skywalker or Princess Leia or Han Solo or any of those Jedis, anything like that. And so to Ray and Finn, the stories about those characters, it's just legend. It's exciting, but it's just legend. But then in this movie, Ray and Finn get to meet the 30 years older Han Solo. And when young Ray asks a now older, wiser Han Solo, were the Jedi really real? And he replies, I used to wonder about that myself. I thought it was a bunch of mumbo jumbo. The crazy thing is, it's true. The Force, the Jedi, all of it. It's all true. And then the Star Wars music swells, and you can see Rey's eyes widen, and you can tell that she sees everything differently now. You can just see the wheels turning. And she, she's found out those stories were true. And she begins to get a hint that her own life story is about to change because those stories were true. And so I tell you that because it reminds me of a different story, right? A more powerful story, a story about God and his people throughout history. This story has profoundly changed our lives. But there are long periods of time in history in which God's people start to wonder, are these stories true? happened a long time ago. And if they, if, if they can really count on these stories, if they can count on them and they can count on God. So I want to remind us today, this is true. Jesus' life and death and resurrection and salvation, it's all true. And that is really good news because when you get a glimpse of that reality, it changes your life. So what we need to do is tell that gospel story again. And we have to go back to the Old Testament, right? In those days, remember, Israel had shaped its whole existence on the covenant promise that God would be with them. God would live in the temple in Jerusalem, in the promised land, but then Israel was conquered by Babylon. The temple was destroyed, and many Israelites were either killed or captured. And Israel started looking around at their destruction and their despair, and they said, where is God in all this? But the prophet Isaiah gave Israel these hopeful words. Isaiah 52, seven says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. I want to show you a clip now from uh, BibleProject.com. And the, the video is called The Gospel of the Kingdom. And in this short clip, it helps, helps me understand what's happening in Isaiah 52. 
There's this beautiful poem. It's in the book of Isaiah. The city of Jerusalem has just been destroyed by Babylon, a great kingdom in the north. And all of these Jewish people, they've been sent away into exile. But a few remained in the city. And they're left wondering, what just happened? Has our God abandoned us? Right, because Jerusalem was supposed to be the city where God would reign over the world to bring peace and blessing to everyone. Now, Isaiah had been saying that Jerusalem's destruction was a mess of Israel's own making. They had turned away from their God, become corrupt, and so their city and their temple were destroyed. Yeah, everything seems lost. But the poem goes on. There's a watchman on the city walls. And far out on the hills, we see a messenger, and he's running towards the city. He's running, and he's shouting, good news. And Isaiah says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Beautiful feet? Yes. The feet are beautiful because they're carrying a beautiful message. What's the message? that despite Jerusalem's destruction, Israel's God still reigns as king, and that God himself is going to one day return to this city, take up his throne, and bring peace. And the watchmen sing for joy because of the good news that their God still reigns. So in the middle of Israel's destruction and despair, this message arrives, and it says the king would be coming to save them. God would return. So Israel began waiting and hoping for a Messiah, a king like David who would rescue them. But, of course, the Messiah didn't come right away. In fact, it might have been about 500 years before he came. And so we read in the New Testament then about God's own son, Jesus, being born. The Messiah had finally come. When Jesus was grown then, he started preaching about the kingdom of God. And the core of his message, if you could summarize it, it was repent because the kingdom of God has come near. So when a king arrived somewhere in those days, the road had to be clear and safe and even pleasing. So they had to smooth out the bumps, the dangers had to be taken away, and even kind of the unsightly stuff had to be removed. And today, we kind of do the same thing, right, with our presidents and kings. They travel on wide, safe roads so they can arrive safely. And security guys check the route for days in advance to make sure it's safe. The way needs to be clear and without danger. But when Jesus said, repent for the kingdom, of, repent for the kingdom is near, he didn't just mean that people needed to make way for the king. Not just the king is coming through. He also meant that people needed to prepare their lives for God to rule. Okay? People needed to prepare their lives for God's rule. So, they needed to clear out all the junk in their lives so they could make room for him. Jesus meant that people really wouldn't want to be distracted with all this stuff when the king is asking for their undivided loyalty, he's asking them to seek first the kingdom of God. Okay, and the kingdom Jesus offered, though, didn't look like most kingdoms, right? He was not a king people hoped for, necessarily. 
because he didn't wield power or strength to overthrow Rome or Rome's puppet rulers or even kick out the religious establishment that might have been oppressing some people. He didn't operate with vengeance, with weapons or threats. No, Jesus said this was a kingdom where you were blessed. You were blessed when you treated your enemies well. This is a kingdom where you valued all humans as made in God's image. And so you wouldn't call them names. You wouldn't lust after them. You wouldn't harm them. This is a kingdom where church-going folks need forgiveness as much as our friends in low places. And this is a king whose authority came through self-sacrifice. This is a kingdom with a king whose way of life and way of love led to the cross. There's a bit of preparation there in following Jesus to the cross. Let me show you another clip now. Here's another clip from that same video, Gospel of the Kingdom, from the Bible Project. This is why in the Gospels, Jesus' crucifixion is depicted as his enthronement as the king of the Jews. Yeah, he receives a crown. He also receives a robe. He's exalted up, not onto a throne, but onto the cross. How beautiful are the feet that bring good news. And the good news now is that Jesus has defeated death and that he reigns as king, that he's dealt with our sin and corruption himself and that he's conquered it with his life and with his love. And then Jesus sends his followers to go out and keep announcing this good news of the upside down kingdom. And to invite everyone to give their allegiance to him, the king who defeated death with his love. Good news, the gospel. So Jesus died and was resurrected He established his kingdom, and he started a movement of believers. And those believers bet their lives on the reality of what happened. In fact, they started telling everyone about Jesus. So in Romans, the Apostle Paul quotes Isaiah 52. Let me say that again. In Romans, the Apostle Paul quotes the Isaiah 52 passage when he writes, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So being sent, beautiful feet, good news. Have you considered that you are here in this room, at this church, because someone with beautiful feet told you about Jesus? It might have been your parents or your grandparents or your Bible school teachers, the preacher at your home church. For many of us, it was likely all of those things, all of those people. For others of you here, it might be that you had no idea who Jesus was and someone took the time to sit down and tell you about him, and your life changed. But even if you've been taught about Jesus all your life, there was some moment in history where someone in your family believed Jesus. Someone with beautiful feet came and 
broke in with that message and your family was changed. And so we've heard this invitation for us to enter God's good kingdom. Um, and we're, I think all of us here, it's pretty safe to say we've accepted that invitation. And being part of that good kingdom is working with the king to bring about his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And bringing the kingdom requires, like Kelsey talked about, imagination. Imagining what it could look like if God really were allowed to be king, if, his, if people had allegiance to him wherever they were, what that would look like. Here in OKC, here uh, in our lives, here at the Springs, but in Hildesheim and Antwerp and Kigali and Singapore and Mito and Honduras, Athens, all these places, and further, like the messenger in Isaiah 52, and like Jesus himself, we get, to, we get to have these beautiful feet. They're beautiful because they run into the despair all around us with this message. There is a king who can save you. He's near, and your life now and forever can be different in that kingdom. That's the amazing work that God has given us. We get to invite others to join in the kingdom of God. And that's the amazing work our missionaries do day in and day out in the communities where they live. It's not glamorous, but it's beautiful. It's building community with people who can be hard to have relationships with. It's giving people a glimpse of grace and mercy. It's caring for widows and orphans, and it's feeding people who are hungry. It's grieving with families who have lost family to COVID. It's finding ways to help anxious, lonely people who are having to isolate all over the world. It's reminding others of hope. And it's telling people about the teaching of Jesus and his life, death, and resurrection, and that all of that is real and life-changing. Let's stand and sing about it.